Welcome back to week four of the UK Property Stat Show with an absolute fantastic guest this week. I don't know how we're going to top this, but what we've just got here is the main man himself, Ben Madden, who used to own an estate agency chain in London, sold it for the monies, and now set up his own fine and country uh, uh, in Western fine country estate agency brand in West London. Uh, very well thought of in the industry. <laughs> Welcome, Ben, to the UK PropStat Show as our second guest. Uh, great to have you on board, mate. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You do you do do well with your hyped up intros. So I've got to get my wife watching this um, and get her on the same page as you, I think. But yeah, yes. thanks. Good to be here. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. Right then. Right. So boys and girls, um, this show looks at the stats of what's happening in the UK property market and regionally. So you can judge yourself where you are. There's a lot of doom mongers out there saying it's the end of the world. Um, it is hard work out there. Um, and then he's going to add his point of view, because as I said, he not only does he run uh, a great estate agency in West London, but he a lot of estate agents use him as a mentor and guide. He is big in the game. You know how big? Big in the game when it comes to fine country. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, tell you what, give me a five or later, mate. Right then. Okay, let's deep dive in and let's rock and roll. And you should be able to see the screen. And uh um with uh the first slide of the week, first slide, and we're gonna rattle through these. So well, the first thing we do is we always start with uh, new instructions or listings. And we look at this week, we're on week four. So in terms of week four, let's just pull up the calendar, okay, fill the gap, fill the blank spaces. Ben, while I just find out, too late. Listen, what I, the first thing that screams to me here is I need a time machine. I need to be back in week four, 2016, because what on earth, 47,000 units in a single week, 2016. Look at look at every year since. Do we, how bad are we at remembering how good life was? We always remember that yeah, there's a doom and the gloom. And I would love to go back to that moment in time and say to my team, "You guys don't know how good you got it right now." Um, but it was a blip. I mean, next in week five in 2016, it was 43,000, but you did settle down to 35. Uh, interestingly, but as you can quite clearly see here. Uh, and as I said, this is week four. So in terms of 2023, week four was Monday, the 23rd of January through to Sunday, the 29th. Always a few, got to be a few days out of date, simply because it takes a few days for the stats to come through. All the stats have been provided by 20EA. They um, they don't pay to, for the for the data to be on this show. They just give us give me the data free of charge um, using their insights platform. It is available for estate agents. Uh, do check it out. Uh, but don't mention my name because uh, I don't get paid commission. Bloody and they odd. probably don't even know who you are at 20AA. It's not, it's not like you ever talk about them. Of course, you don't, don't mention. No, of course, no, 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 no. Um, what I will say, Ben, is this, is that we are creating such a stir in the prop stat community that I'm getting another set of prop stats coming on in a few weeks' time. So when Oof. we get you back in a month or two's time, I tell you what, mate, it's going to be stat heaven because we're... Oof. Right. Oh, 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 right. So that's telling me... That, that listings are quite are, are not bad this week, but it, uh, compared to week four. But let's just have a quick look at how that compares to the running four week average for the for the month. So now this is four. This is January. So the average number of listings in the last four weeks per week twenty six thousand. This week thirty two. Thoughts on this one? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a nice increase. I mean, uh, the last few weeks watching the show, 
this this data, the four-week rolling, when you consider the Christmas period, it's a little bit like the start of the Premier League. And years ago, teams like Arsenal would find themselves at the top of the Premier League after three or four weeks, and it'd be laughable. Obviously, I can't say that now because, you know, they're, they're doing reasonably well. <laughs> but now we've got, I think, a four-week rolling average, which actually means something. And if we are above four weeks of genuine, true, new-to-market data, then I think this is a good sign. I think it's it's probably what most people watching this want to see, an increase in instructions. What's that, roughly 20%? That's good, I think, personally. Okay, let's now move on and talk about the average price that those properties are coming on the market at. Now, at the moment this month, it is at 409. Last week, it was 399. And the week before was 420. And we've, we're going to have a look at what stuff is actually selling at. But again, you know, when you consider what, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, house prices are not going up that much. So is bigger houses coming on the market, overvaluing or I mean, all of the above? Well, you know, look, it's going to be all of the above, isn't it? There are, I think, bigger properties coming to the market. I think there probably has been a realisation from some of those potential downsizers that have been through arguably what would have been the toughest winter in their in home ownership for them because of the cost of, you know, the cost of living crisis, gas bills, everything going through the roof. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, this is anecdotal, but there's the very real possibility that lots of people are thinking we don't need to we don't need this extra second third fourth bedroom less downsize they're coming to the market i've got no proof i'm just thinking sentiment i'm thinking sort of logically i'm thinking anecdotally conversations we're having that makes sense to me that those bigger properties would enter the market right now and of course the other thing around that is if you're a consumer and you think the market has peaked and you are in one of those large properties and you are a downsizer and you want to maximize your return then I sell now because it might take a few years for me to get the best value for my home if the market's peak. So let's go to market right now because I don't want to go through another property cycle because I want to give my money to my children or my grandchildren. I want to set them up for life. So I think there's a few reasons why why we could be seeing the higher price point. And of course, the consumer works on a leg. We know that. They, they're not as familiar with what's going on at the coalface as us. And they still believe possibly that prices are doing something different to what they are. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, in last week's show, week three, check it out on YouTube, um, and we'll put a link at um, we'll put a link at the end on YouTube where you can look at the playlist. Uh, we actually showed a graph that proved that the bigger houses, more bigger houses, are coming on the market than smaller ones. And not and interestingly though, the stuff that's selling is at the lower end. Right. Let's move on to price changes and um, price changes up to sixteen thousand. Which, if you think about it, um, agents working their stock last week it was sixteen thousand. The week before sixteen thousand um what's your thoughts on this one well i mean uh, it's again it, it's difficult it's anecdotal it's we've been through a funny old period haven't we the last 16 weeks you know almost 20 years in the state agency you probably ever so slightly longer than me what an interesting period quarter four was what that did to consumer sentiment what that did to the mental health of estate agents that went through this crazy two years slightly so a summer trust gets involved the world is collapsing around us and so, as I said, the consumer works on a lag. And so anyone coming to market, I would imagine around September time, still felt like they were in a positive zone pricing-wise. They've run through maybe with an initial agency, maybe they run through their initial sole agency period. They're thinking about a second agent. There's still some optimism, some positivity. In the new year, things are going to go well. It's going to bounce back. And yeah, there has been an increase in activity. I think the start of the year has been really positive. But if properties aren't selling and you've been on the market for three months before Christmas within a couple of weeks, you need to get very, very real and you need to adjust your price. And by the looks of the data, three weeks in a row of 16,000 price adjustments, people are getting real. They are making that change and those difficult conversations are being had. 
Well, interestingly, later in the show, we've got a new feature, Ben, which uh, <laughs> we actually break this down regionally. So uh, hang in there, because I tell you what, the regional differences are something to behold. Right, let's look at the uh, price changes. As you can see here, like I indicated every, you know, uh, 13,000 in week one, 16, 16, and now 16 this week. The, the, there's not that much difference in terms of agents working their stock. Very interestingly, um, not in this show, but we've got we've now got the national stats of the the level of stock every single month uh, going back to 2016. So we can actually now reference the difference between price price changes, the percentage of price changes versus stock. That's interesting. Okay, okay let's now move on and talk about the price of the property that is being changed. Uh, quite a um, the last week. What was it last week? Um, the price, the average price changed this week was three eight eight. Last week it was three nine four. The the bigger properties seem to be coming down in price a bit more. Thoughts? So just so uh, I, you know, I'm not hundred percent. I'm the village idiot. But just so I understand, this figure three eight eight is the original price, and they're reducing, or they're reducing to three eight eight. This is the original asking price of the properties that were reduced, but we don't okay. know what the reduction is. Okay, fine. Okay. okay. Um, Again, I think, you know, it's not one of the most important stats, but I think it's important to see. Should we move on and look at solds? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Okay, good stuff. So number of solds, um, 21,000 properties sold last week, also 21,000. I mean, okay, I, I must admit, I'm I'm not, the 2016 figure, I think was a blip, <laughs> okay? And looking at the 20, 2016 stats, it does look like a blip, but I've included it in there. But if we took that out, that's a pretty stable market, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the start of the, for the week. For the time I think of it's year. really important to remember. Um, you know, some agents are reasonably new to the industry; they've experienced the last few years, and they think maybe that's life as normal. And you know, I think it's important that something like this, this show, you in particular, other people who are able to reach a wide audience educate appropriately 2016 to for me 2016 to the beginning of 2020 i call those the brexit years and so the the market was more traditional in its its ebbs and its flows and there was seasonality around the market but it was you know it was just an okay market if you think 2014 2015 where we had the peak maybe 2016 is us coming out of the peak i can't remember the exact date for the brexit vote announcement but look what i would say is most businesses were reasonably comfortable, I believe. Of course, not everybody. Some had great 2017, 2018, 2019, some not so much. But I think they were reasonably comfortable in those years with their activity levels. And if that's what we're seeing this year, then, you know, I mentioned mental health earlier on. People get worried, they get in their head, they read too much into some of the headlines. If you had a 2017 year, a 2718 year, would you be happy? I think most businesses would. And so that 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 looks good to me. That looks, I'm comfortable with that. Um, and I think other our sort of colleagues around the country should be too. I think that I find with the state agencies is that they always look at the previous year and don't look at the big long-term picture, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. have more of a helicopter view. Right, let's move on and see what uh, other wonderful stats we've got on this one. Um, the running uh, average, hold on a second, you just need to move that little bar over there. Go, there we go. So again, sales on a running four week, again, from a slow start, because the first week is always a bit slow. I think the, this... The power of this particular slide, the running four week one, will come into its own as we go throughout the year. But I think it's important. 
Okay, let's look at the average asking price of the properties that are selling. And this is the one that I've been slightly concerned on for the last four weeks. So let's, let's just say, so the average price of the property selling and the number of properties that have sold this week, as we said, was 21,600. The average asking price of the ones that sold, 346. Let's look at what's coming on the market. 409. Okay. That, that concerns me. So I, I guess maybe when we look at the regional data, we'll be able to dig into that a little bit more. You know, what rich regions are showing the higher volume of instructions coming to market. Again, anecdotally, London hasn't been the crazy party atmosphere that maybe post-COVID presented in more rural areas of the country. So maybe London is, is coming to life again. Maybe more properties are coming to market those properties coming to market because of their price point could distort some of the data there, I think. And they are less likely to sell quickly because of the high price point. We know there are less buyers at that higher price point. So you wouldn't expect the uh, listing to sale ratio in London necessarily to be the, the same as some other areas. You know, for somebody from Wales recently, their listing to under offer ratio is just exceptional. And it doesn't, it's not like for like, because that's not the market norms in London. So I think there might be a bit of that going on. I tell you um, what, there might be an opportunity. I've just come up with a Chris Watkin idea. We could actually do a weekly stat on the percentage difference between the asking price and the and the listing price. There you go. So you are the gift that keeps giving. Let's move on and look at <laughs> sales that fell through nationally. And we're on 488 this week compared to 52 last week and compared to 53 last week. We're going to talk about percentages in a second. But again, Thoughts on that? Listen, I don't want to be broken record here, but take me back to 2016. Look how much business was being done and how few were falling through. Well, we have all got to smell the roses when they are here. And you know what? The last two years, there should have been a lot of rose smelling. And I don't think we can complain about where we are right now. Um, 488, what was the uh, under offer properties this year? Uh, sorry, that in week four was how many? What percentage are we looking at as, a, as an abortion, aborted weight? The aborted rate, we're going to come on and look at this, but the aborted rate, net um, sales that fell through, we're running on 22.5 this week. Okay. We, we are going to come on and talk at that in a second. Sorry, just, jumping the gun. You are, never mind. Um, so this is our this is our running four-week average. Again, it's going to come into its own when uh, later in the year. Let's look at, i tell you what, net sales is where it's at. I'm a huge, massive believer in net sales. Now, do remember in 2016, we had that blip on the sales. <laughs> again, again, looking at the data, because I'm a bit of a stat geek, I've got spreadsheets galore, and I've just got a sneaky feeling that that week, well, basically, someone didn't press the button and they upload, they put it onto the next week afterwards. So let's just take 2016 with a pinchette of salt, okay? okay. So okay. I'm just going to put my hand over that. I know you can't see it on screen, but tell you what, let's just ignore 16. Okay. Okay. Again, if you're comparing yourself to 21-22, it's not the same, is it? But it's well, not I mean, the conditions are not the same. I mean, I, I'm afraid it, it's almost ridiculous to compare yourself to, to 21 and 22. And actually, I don't think it's appropriate to compare yourself to 2020. Everyone remembers in December 19, we got a majority government and the, the so-called Boris bounce presented itself in January and February. So that January 2020 figure is off the back of, you know, a, a strange period. Yeah, sure. I mean, on 17, 18 and 19, we're down. But of course we are, because we've just had three years of increased transaction volumes. You know, the, it, it, you know, the highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows. 
I think it's completely reasonable for us to be where we are, given the last few years of reasonably intense activity we've had. I tell you what, you listen to them doomongers and and the, and the Telegraph, and you would have expected something to be in, in single figures on the thousands, wouldn't you, now? Well, I, I'm afraid the people that shout the loudest about problems, 25% price reductions, the world is about to end, they're looking for their five minutes in the media, he says, sitting on a podcast with Chris Watkin. But they are you know, just, I'm afraid our job, as people that have worked in this business for a long enough time, is to educate the people that are unsure, be that the consumer or be that our estate agency yeah. colleagues. I think it's just as important that estate agents help each other through this period, understand what's going to happen, because we, you know, prophecies can be self-fulfilling. And I think we need to present effective, honest, transparent mm. data. And if we do that, then it's very clear that it's not the end of the world. I mean, I, you know, people say, will there be a house price crash? And a house price crash does conjure up big events. And the two, you know, the two previous ones in 88, 98, was it 88, was uh, with dual Myrus tax relief. We had 08 with the credit crunch. Um, I just think there's more normality and balance in the property market now. There's a little less buyers. People aren't paying the stupid prices. And if people aren't paying the stupid prices, then the price that's being paid is, is coming down. So you can either dress that up as a price crash or you can actually say there's a bit more normality. I mean, I'm of the opinion that a massive driver behind these doomongers is landlords and home buyers waiting for a house that are waiting for this house price crash, is that they fear they've missed the boat. And therefore, you know, so therefore they are almost saying they're wanting a price crash so they can so it can reduce the price. When in reality, when when you do get a house price crash it does actually cock things up for everyone. So let's not start hoping there's a price crash because it won't bring anything good. And But then should estate agents worry if house prices drop then? Um, I, no, I don't think they should worry. Um, I don't think that's the appropriate language. I think we need to be conscious that prices are going to drop. I think we need to be um, conscious that, sorry, that was far too, uh, I, I don't know for, for certain that prices can drop. I think you'd be conscious that they may drop is probably the right language. I think we need to be educating the consumer. I think, you know, uh, presentations like this on a macro level, which is what we're looking at here, we're looking at macro data. For me, this is not the stuff that makes you an expert in your local market, but this is the sort of stuff that builds trust. When you're sitting around the coffee table, we're sitting down at the dinner table and you're presenting to the consumer and what's going on. Don't forget the consumer what they want to know is what's happening in the market right now. They don't want to hire a historian. They don't want to hear what happened last year. You're not there to tell them what the market was like six months ago. They need to know exactly what's going on in the market right now. We have a really simple system that we think makes effective communication and a state agency is built around professionalism, which leads to trust, which leads to rapport, which then leads to some sort of scarcity or urgency. That's effective agency for us. For me, this is the trust piece. If I can talk at a macro level about what's going on in the market, how it impacts the market and what it might do to impact the future saleability of your property around pricing and then give you very specific in the moment what's happening in your market locally right now, the consumer will go with you. They will listen to you. They'll be educated by you. Um, go on, all these stats are on 20 EA Insights. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 20 EA, is it? Okay, yeah. It wasn't, there you yeah. go. Not that I keep banging on about it. Other property stat platforms are available. I am not being paid, although plenty of people have asked if I have. I am not. And we are getting some more data. You're absolutely my, right. um, my check's in the post, though, right? Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Joe, can you get the uh the five? Yeah. No, get three, get five pound coins and send a tape into a post-it note. Yeah, hurry up, Joe. Come on, mate. 
Come on, right then. Okay, then. Right then. Okay, so fall throughs as a sale. Oh, hello. Uh, fall throughs as a percentage of sales. We're at 22% last week, uh, last year at 18. Again, so, you know, and again, you know, I would expect that. What, I mean, Chris, let me ask you a question. Do you know, um, on average, how many sales an agent over a period of 12 months would expect to, I don't know, place under offer exchange on complete on how many consumers would they serve? Do you know, do you know that average figure? It's about 33%. So we're in quite strong position then right yeah, now, right? We so, are. you know, it, uh, let's just say for argument's sake, I don't know. I mean, let's just use silly numbers. If a branch, because it's easy for me, if a branch does 10 sales a month and they're at 120 a year, the difference is you know, between 18% last year when it was astonishing because everyone wanted to buy everything and 22 where we are now. This is this is definitely not a stat to be worried about. It may look higher than previous years, but it's still running at, a, I think, a, a very positive level. Right, I'm just going to uh, just pull up. Okay, the national figure. All oh, right, okay, right. Hold on, hold the news. I've got the national figure for 2022. Okay, exciting uh, stuff. I mean, you're building this one up. Twenty-eight point seven six for the. There you for go. the okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Right. Okay. We'll put. We'll take that back. Let's move on. Uh, time is swiftly moving on. Again, the roll this week rolling average twenty-two point five. So again, showing you that we're a bit behind. The, the right let's just keep cracking on price changes as a percentage of listings again showing people that are actually working their stock aren't they yeah i mean back to what i said at the start really are they working their stock are they working with consumers that sort of had their heart broken in quarter four last year and they thought there's a bounce back ability in january and actually in january the market is stronger but yeah the pricing is maybe not at the same level i think there's probably a bit of that seeping in okay and just finally before we move on to the regional stats uh, net sales as a percentage of listings again at 53 which again compared to the rest is pretty stable market yeah i mean i think so in in our business which i appreciate is it's fine in country it's sort of premium price point properties in london but if you if you sell you know one for every two you list that that's a good ratio for us but okay. I this is it is in London, but out of London, it, it's more than that. But well, come on, right. This is a new feature, which is the regional stats. Okay, so what we've got here is just gross sales as percentage of listings, and at the top we've got the national figures. At the top, it says twenty-three. That's the the and column one is week one, column two is week two, column three three, and this week is column four. So at the moment, the gross sales is sixty-nine point one five. We've got a reference of the national figures below that, but then we get into the green and the red and we look at what's happening regionally. And you can quite clearly see that London is a tough market. And if you notice, as you leave these, the, the metropolitan, I know you guys in London think the world stops at the N25. Trust me, it doesn't. As you, it, it is quite interesting how things are moving up that as you go out and further out to the lower price higher volume areas that the market seems to be performing better any thoughts on this and look at the trends it all seems to be the same yeah i mean i would say that this is what i regard as or certainly the last couple of years as market norms um what we're seeing right now is a continuation of what we've probably seen over the last few years london uh, there was the mass exodus, you know, the, you know, the, everyone's on the hunt for more space. They've got this romantic view that them and their partner will move to a rural area of the country and work from home and they won't miss all their friends. And, you know, that meant that ex uh, immediately 
after lockdown one, London was was a tricky place to to do business. Um, I've been in lots of different meetings with foreign country representatives up and down the country. And this is very this is indicative of what we expect in London. You expect to list more properties and sell less, whereas yes. the success rate, as I mentioned, Wales earlier on, the business I was with in Wales not so long ago, absolutely amazing that their success rate. So, you know, this is I don't think this will come as a shock to anyone in their particular area. It may come as a shock to someone in the northwest who's a rock star looking at London and thinking, you guys, what's happening down there? But in London, I think I think this is a given. Interesting notice that inner London has actually grown by 50% from 31% in the first week to 44. And again, this is going to be better as we go through the, the weeks to build up a picture. Whilst outer London seems pretty stagnant between 51 and 57, everyone else does seem to be growing, doesn't it? But again, the colours, the red, green is the best, red is the worst. Scotland does have a particular strange system where they only class sold, sold contract when it's almost, you know, legally completed, I believe. So you've got to take Scotland with a slight pinch of salt, but it's interesting that. Let's move on and look at sale percentage of sales that fell through. Um, the national average at the moment is 22.59, um, but there are some interesting stats there. Outer London, but again, at 26, but again, 26 on a national of 22, it's not bad actually. The, the gap isn't so wide on on the fall throughs, is there? No, I mean, it, it, I mean, it looks to me week one bit of a horror show. People come back out of Christmas, you know, they've changed their mind, they're moving on, they don't want to do what they wanted to do, they're separating, they're they're maybe moving in with somebody else that they didn't think they were. So week one looks tough, but I think as the month has gone on, okay, outer London has is is has worsened, but right now looking at week four snapshot, I think. Most regions would be pretty happy with that. Actually, now, businesses. Outer London hasn't got. It's got. It's got yeah. better. It just simply is. It's. It's the worst stat out oh, of it. Oh, sorry. Of course, it has. Yeah. Okay. 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 So again, those that you're watching, have a look at that. Let's just have a quick zoom in, so you can have a look at this loveliness. Right. Zoom out too much. You don't want too much here. Right. Okay. Price changes as percentage of listings. So we're on at fifty-one point five eight, top right-hand corner. Um, but interestingly. We've got the Scot. The Scots don't de- seem to be doing very well on their price reductions, although they are selling them. Uh, but the Southeast agents really working their stock there, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it comes back to the position we find ourselves in. If, if, if properties are not selling, if it is, for argument's sake, you sell one out of two, that means 50% of your stock is going to need to do something. And there's only so much you can do around launch strategy, marketing and exposure. At some point, there's a realisation that if people aren't buying or offering, we need to do something on pricing. And so fair play to those agents that are i know there are lots and lots of people that be watching this and saying we'll just get the price right the first time round but if you look at the success rates and uh, you know to talk about my area of the world in terms of competition and how agents operate there is a you know unfortunately it's it's almost a market norm in this area i was with um i was in a meeting probably about 9 months ago with one of the best agents in the country based in Leamington spa and his view is that you take a listing on and you sell it. You take one on and you sell it. And all of his agents operate on that mantra. And I was in this meeting. There were some other London agents. And the ratio for some of them was take five on, sell one, take six on, sell one. So it's different in different areas. And it's, for me, it's I, I wouldn't be judgmental around it. It would be amazing if every agent was trained to the level and had the professional integrity and believed in the right level of research to get the pricing right. Sometimes, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but also agents have a bit of a rep, don't they, for overpricing and doing what they need to. Mm. And when the competition is higher, 
I think that probably creeps in a little bit more. Interesting. I've been doing some research on some inner London agents and there are, out of the big five agents, there are a few that overvalue and you can see they're overvaluing, but mm. don't sell them. But there's other agents that actually, the, the best performing agent overvalues the most, but actually sell, actually works the stock and then sells them. Whilst there's another agent who does overvalue, but only sells a quarter of their stock, whilst the other one sells nearly six out of 10. Absolutely fantastic when you look at the stats. Just quickly, let's look at the net stats as a percentage of listings. Again, we would expect inner London to be at a low figure, but you can quite, again, these stats are going to level themselves out, but we'll, as time goes on, but I just, we'll just leave that on the screen for anyone just to see so you can compare yourself against the competitors. Okay, let's move on and talk about some extra fluffy bits at the end. How long, many days did it take to sell a house in 2022? And we've got on the maps there. Now, London, it is taking longer to sell a house, okay? <laughs> Interestingly, the average in London in 2022 was between 70 and 90 days, okay? Um, so that, that's a, a nice little graphic, which is pleasing on the eye, okay? Um, and when you actually then now drill down to postcode level, so this is the south of London, south coast. Uh, I have been publishing this on social media, so do check out my LinkedIn, and you'll see different areas. You can see how different areas work, um, but you can see green thirty-two and over in London. That that is in the seventies and eighties. Okay. Um, let us um, before we we always like to focus on a town. So before I'm going to hit you with the big bombshell, which you say is not a bombshell, but I. I think to a lot of agents it is. We're going to save. I can't, I can't wait. Let's get into it. I can't wait. What do you want me to do? The bombshell now? Well, no. I mean, no. Let, I mean, look. Let's. I think you're probably right. Let's finish on the bombshell because hopefully we can have a real good Barney over it, and that's a nice way to finish. Right then. Okay then. So uh, each week we like to we ask the boys and girls out there in estate agency land, give us the town, and we'll look at you. Now we're not mentioning any names of any agents, but today we are looking at Brighton and Hove. And we are looking at the BN1, BN2, and BN3 postcodes, which is Sunny Brighton and Hove. Okay, so as we can quite clearly see here on the screen, you can see on the screen that in terms of market share, the number one leader is for residential sales is Fox and Sons. So we'll have a quick look at Fox and Sons. So we'll just click on that. And it should, where are we go? Is that, uh, why is that not working? Okay, should be. Oh, do you know? It's because I've left it too open. So keep talking. Technical errors. Oh, oh, come come on. I mean, I, I'm you know, pretty sure I put in my contract that if anything like this comes up, you know, we're going to have to talk terms. Um, okay, then, Joe, put another two pound coin on it. <laughs> two pounds in error. Okay. All right. Okay, then. So we're, I'm going to have to just look at. I'm just. I'm just going to have to look at the screens. Okay. So this is the number of sold submit the contracts. Um, let's just look at this graph here on the left hand side. So the green, the greeny blue is 21, the black is 22 and 23. The number of sales in um, Brighton. Chris, yes. we can't see what you're talking about. Hold on a second. Sharing is pause. Good job. Wow. Good job you're here, isn't it? Hold That's on. That's another two quid. Okay, then. Right. Is that there you better? Go. We're on. You're on. Fantastic. Right. So this is sold submit the contracts in BN 1, 2 and 3. And you can quite clearly see that, that in terms of the number one agent is Brand Vaughan. 8.5 that little lump up there is because it's the first of february so it is going that will level itself down but as you can quite clearly see that the um and again i should i should have done this live but um 
you've got on here, you've got the market share for residential sales throughout the month. And if you click on these, it shows you what's happening. Nice spread of properties for sale here. Um, let's now move on and look at stock levels. Okay. So um, in the, um, I don't know who's the, let's just have a quick look. Who is this one here? Do you know? I, here we are. So Fox and Sons, as you can see, she's the top line. They've been losing market share throughout the year, which is the red line here. Yeah. And also Brand Vaughan, they've also been losing market share for residential sales from a, 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 an average of a rat, you know, a few in 21, they were up at 8.1 and they're, they're slowly dropping. Uh, let's just have a quick look. Mission McKay, uh, the six, and they've been dropping down. Again, some of the bigger agents seem to be uh, dropping now. Again, we're going to come on and look about a bit more stats there. Again, just I'm just going to keep talking, Ben, unless you want to jump yeah, I mean, in. Like, well, it's, um, it's interesting. As market sentiment changes, as conditions change, as less volume enters the market, I do wonder whether the smaller agents will pick up market share because the consumer, I think, this sounds horrible, sweeping statement, 2022, anyone can sell my home. 2021, anyone can sell my home. I'm going to go for a big brand. I'm not too worried about the service level. I just want them to get it on the market and get it sold. If I've been on the market with one of the big boys and it hasn't happened, maybe I need to maybe I need to interact with a local independent. Maybe I need a business where the owner or the director or an equity partner is in the room because we know in this industry that those smaller businesses with equity partners or directors in the room look at better conversion rates. They treat the businesses ever so slightly differently, whereas the bigger brands... Um, will we'll struggle to compete with that. So I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on as market sentiment changes and your independents are able to present themselves as a solution that maybe a larger business cannot be. Interesting. You just have a quick look at here. So um, the, the the red is the number of stock that was for sale, which we ended up on the end of the month in January. And it, we, we, we ended up with a, an average of 2657 in Jan, which was a hell of a lot more than mm -hmm. 1,838 in this in last year um obviously in 2021 3000 that's quite interesting normally i think you know what i think is really interesting about this is that it, the data is only going to show you so much so how many sales in the last two years have been sort of discrete off market away from the portals and so that figure of 1800 probably isn't a true reflection of how many properties were available in that market true. um it's uh but irrespective the number for 2023 looks really positive Okay, let's move on and now look at this screen, which is the competitive uh, new instruction landscape. Um, and this basically says in the last year, let's look across the top, that Brand Vaughan have put on 570 properties and they've got a market share of 6.9. In the last 12 months, they've sold 443 properties. But this is the, this is the magic one. This is, this is the stat I absolutely love to bits. In the last 12 months, for every... For all of the properties that they've put onto the market, everyone looks at the top of the funnel, don't they? Sold at the contract conversion rates. Okay. What I love is this. I want you to just look at exchanged and withdrawn. Those are the two two columns I want you to look at. I know there's a number and a percentage, but the simple fact is this: is that it's not what goes in at the top. Obviously, you need to have them in at the top. It's what comes out the end. Okay. And a property either exchanges or withdraws. Now, if I know if a sale falls through, it's still in your system, in your ecosphere, so it goes back in at the top. This is the bit that cut the exhaust. And 
So for every 100 houses that Brand Vaughan put on the market, they have exchanged contracts on 75.79, but Fox and Sons, 59. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, Brand Vaughan, I'm not familiar with the business, but that exchange rate, I think, is absolutely exceptional. I mean, that's a really brilliant business that you can get to that volume of new instructions and maintain such a high level of exchange. The service level's not dropped off. The quality of their work clearly hasn't. Um, I think that, you know, looking purely at this data, what a brilliant looking business that is. As you can see at the bottom, it's the average for Brighton and Hove is 65.26. So therefore, Fox and Sons, you know, if I was up against Fox and Sons, and this is nothing against Fox and Sons, but boys and girls at Fox and Sons probably need to pull your socks up a bit is that your guys at Brand Vaughan have a chance of probably, I would guess I'm top, top of my head there, probably about early 20% more chance of getting someone sold, okay? Mission McKay and Cubit West and Sawyer and Co are, are pretty good at the late 60s. So again, something that's just, I, I don't know whether Fox and Sons are independent or whether they're part of the corporates, I'm not they sure. They are, um, I think they're Spicer, aren't they? Are they? Spicer Hall. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, looking along, looking at price changes, Fox and Sons are nearly 44%, 248 of their 564 listings. That, that for me, is, I think, based on the last 12 months, that's a bit of an issue. That's the, the stat that I look at and think, possibly there's a reason why your exchanges are not high enough because you're going to market at prices that are not, not, not correct. Um, and maybe your consumer is walking away from you and considering another agent who's maybe pricing correctly um well it's interesting it's interesting that you say that let's have a look this is the this is the next one which is the omni valuations and price achieved so brand Vaughan um put on 570 properties now what's happened is is that 20 ea have gone and done a avm or a or as i like to call it a valpal figure on every one of those properties okay other a avms are available um and then they've compared that with what the asking price, what the asking price is. So therefore, Brand Vaughan have put on, put their properties on at 2.4% above what they think the property's worth. Okay. Fox and Sons have put on at 2.14 and Mission McKay at 3.9. So the so basically that column that says original price overvalued is, is the ones that are obviously overvaluing in the top 10 has got to be Mission McKay at 3.9. Yeah. That's really interesting. Go back, go back one tab. Let me just the, the previous tab. So Mission McKay at 3.9 and Fox and Sons at 2.14. But then if we look at price adjustments, Fox and Sons clearly more price adjustments, uh yes. exchange rate of 59 versus Mission McKay yes. 68%. So I wonder if that means if you look at those two businesses side by side, Mission McKay, would they have better skilled salespeople in terms of getting things over the line, getting things through? That that's sort of what it looks like to me there. Um, really difficult to say though there are so many things that could be going on in the background and we just look at these raw data figures okay um, so, so next the next column price achieved could be best described as is the get agent figure okay so that's the difference between the the original what the, the original asking price and the price achieved so whilst brand vaughan were putting stuff on the market 2.4 percent over the value they were actually then achieving 2.3% over the original ask because people were going over the asking price, weren't they? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So therefore, then you go and look at Fox and Sons, they they were getting just slightly below the asking price. 
So both are overvaluing, but one seems to be work, uh, getting closer to the uh, over the asking price, one at the asking price. Mission McKay overvaluing by 3.9, but then uh, then 1.3. So what you then do is this. You can say well, there's lots of percentages there. So let's just look <laughs> at the next columns. And av average listing price. The bottom line is this. The average listing price, if everyone put a £550,000 house on, what would it sell for? And you can quite clearly see, let's ignore HomeWise at the end, Spencer Lee at 566, Mission Welton at 568, Oakley at 552, um, Lexton's at 585. There's some numbers here. Now, boys and girls, you've got to be very, very, you, if you want to use these stats, you have to go and get 20 EAs platform insights and use it you cannot use the stats from this i will not be held responsible for the for the stats you must get your own stats and and have a, an arrangement with 28 if you want to use these stats you've got to be very very careful because the asa are very clear on the way that you market these figures okay uh, finally just before we we crack on how long does it take to sell a house and you can quite clearly see that some agents take much longer to sell a house than others so this is so the red is so Spencer and Lee, uh, new instruction to sell script the contract, 33 days. Mission Mackay, 47. Sawyer, 35. Brand Vaughan, 59. Mm. So Brandon Vaughan do take, on average, we'll just go there, 184 days to get a property through, while Spencer Lee only 164. So again, great stats so you can compare yourself against other agents. Okay? I'll tell you what I would like. I mean, it's, um, this is a bit addictive. The... Um to get into the detail of just go back that one slide prior and to speak to the businesses and understand what they did through that 12 month period. Because I just think the first half of 2022, very different strategy, very different tactics. How do we launch a property? How do we price a property? How do we attract the right level of attention? How do we give it the right exposure? And then I think a whole load of agents decided in the summer of 2022, we're going to need to tweak what we do. And it's gone less about offers in excess of or reducing, putting the property on it, maybe 90% of its true value and off excess of to create that competition and much more about a guide price and trying to bring people to the right price. And I think that would, that in itself would have quite an impact on how this data presents. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Every agent in, in Brighton could have gone with a very standard asking price proposition, but yeah, it's, um, I'm going to leave this with more questions than answers, which is bloody wonderful. Good stuff. Right then. Okay, so this is the letting side, um, and it just shows you again. There's a big student market in in Brighton, so that does screw the figures up. You can see in November there, <laughs> but I just think it's just nice to see what you know for those that you're in Brighton. What is happening in the marketplace? Again, boys and girls, I must stress to you, we have not been paid to do this. It's just that we have access. I have access to the data. I wish to share it with you. Okay, let us leave you with this one. So I'm just going to pop it on the screen on this. Well, questions, questions, questions. So um, top 10 UK estate agents by total number of listings. I, I think, should there be a comma exchanged on? Is that what we're talking about? Okay, so my, okay, so my English is, okay, so. No, 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 I just, because it could mean two things. I want to make sure I'm going to make points on the thing that I'm, you know, that I, my interpretation is I think you're 100% uh, correct. I just want to, uh, in use of language. So the top 10 UK estate agents are, by total me, are they, are they, are they brands? These are companies, not brands. Okay. Okay. Because there are, you know, there are some estate agency companies that have multiple brands under their banner. Okay. okay. And is, for instance, is Fine and Country a company? Yes. 
Okay, so my argument there is that Finding Country is a company made up of close to 200 businesses. Yes. So that distorts massively. And the likes of EXP, who are doing magnificent things at the moment, what are they? Are they a company? Yes. Okay, so the EXP would be in the top 10? No, they're in the top 22. Okay. (laughs) Well remembered. Um, Okay, so I don't think this is a massive surprise that's 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 my opening line on this i think so basically boys and girls is this the top 10 agents by total number of listings if you put on a hundred house for every hundred houses that you listed they would exchange contracts on 62 those who are in the the court the the in terms of market share of listings 11th to 50th would exchange contracts on 63 those who are 51st to 200th for every 100 houses they put on the market, 69, and 201 to 1,000th, 73. So the top 50 are more or less in the same page. 62, 63 homes. The top 50 agents by number of listings, they're at 62 to 63% conversion rate. 51 to 200, they're at 69%, and 201st to 1,000, they're at 73%. Yeah, and I I haven't got it on the screen, but I went up to the 5,000th agent, and it was hovering around 71, 72. Okay, so I don't think this is a massive surprise because of business structure. I think the larger businesses, that the companies that generate masses and masses and masses of listings, because they have masses and masses of branches or maybe um, teams of staff and salespeople and everything you'd expect in terms of infrastructure, all that hierarchy, all that volume, they can't maintain the same level of quality. And I don't mean any disrespect here to anyone. I started life in a corporate agent. The smaller businesses will be the ones that list more, less, list less properties. A smaller business that lists less properties is more often than not got an owner operator or an equity director in the room and the quality around the service delivery and i think also the need the actual need for a smaller business to make every listing count is far higher than a large corporate where things sort of get lost in the mix and i really, think this is this is what is and what is particularly interesting is this out of those top 10 we have a massive range so we have one agent at 79% and one down at 29% Oof. All right. Okay. I said this is this is you messaged me and said we're going to drop a bomb. And I said, this is not a bomb. These numbers are average. What would be a bomb is if you produce those very specific, if you gave us a list, because that's astonishing. Um, one in the top 10 at 79. I mean, that's a great stat. Can are you able to call them out and say what a wonderful business? I, I'm, they not, are? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to at this stage. Okay. okay that's a shame because what what a great business they must have. To be listing at you know, the top ten listing in the country, and all I know is this: well. they are much derided. I <laughs> cannot mention the name at this step. Okay, I cannot mention the name, okay. but they are a much derided agency. Uh, the, the, there is um, the, the lower one is uh, an agency that focuses on the south, like you said. I would expect that, um, and there is one agency in the top ten who tend to focus on the upper quartile. Um, they're at fifty percent just over 50%. But again, the upper quartiles do tend to be at that sort of levels. But the normal run-of-mill standard corporate estate agents in that range are hovering around the uh, late 50s, 60s. 
But yeah, again, yeah, I, I think that sort of makes sense. When you look at a large company full of, you know, to, to use EXP, who, um, you know, I, I'm finding country, all agents are in essence in competition, but we're sort of working in different brackets. I've got huge respect for EXP, what they do. Some of their agents are absolutely amazing quality, but they're all independent in, in, in essence, individual business owners. And so they've got skin in the game. They care yes, that and, little bit more. And what, what is particularly interesting in the top 10, there is a franchise operation mm -hmm. and they have got some amazing figures so they're in the top oh. 10 and they're in this they are in we just have a quick look again i'm not able to i'm not able to mention the name um that it, it's it's in the it's in the early 70s and so that sort of it does two things to my argument it it supports it and it also destroys it it supports it in that if you have people with skin in the game they're running their business they're running it as their own or it is actually their own business 100 percent, they're going to i think generate stronger results whereas um i didn't expect actually i didn't consider that there'd be that many of them in the top 10 but if, yeah it makes complete sense a strong franchise operation which will have exceptional infrastructure fantastic support and business owners who are going to drive service i, I mean i think that's a win-win for everyone i'm not saying there's no place for corporates because we've seen some astonishing growth from businesses certainly in and around london who are are turning over significant volume and would they be happy to sell and, and interesting you know interestingly there's agencies in london who are you would put on a pedestal against each other and one is performing twice as good as the other in terms yeah, i mean of i think I, I i i mean yeah we we won't talk names and at the moment i would only be guessing but there are some agents in london who for instance do like a very long contract an agency contract and they tie people in and that tying people in processes in order to um i believe uh, you know i'm not naming any names but i think it's high price long-term contract work them down get the sale and that's their process and if that process works for them i don't think it does masses for our industry and how we're perceived by the consumer that we promise a high price we lock people in i don't think it's great for that but commercially are they probably happy with their business performance I would imagine they are. So it's, you know, it's finding that balance. We're not, we're not here to judge. We're just here to Absolutely. comment stats, okay? Absolutely. And again, I'm not hiding anything. It's just that I've got to be very careful with the stats. And if anyone is that interested and wants to call me out, and if you want to come up to Grantham, I'll show you my computer screen. Uh, I'm not got nothing to hide. <laughs> I just cannot. I just find that I cannot cross with mentioning names on a national scale. I think we're about there. Uh, so thank you for your time today. Uh, ben, you've been an absolute star. Thank you for your insight. We look forward to you getting you back uh, in a month or so's time with your fascinating insight. Next week, I don't know who's going to be the guest star. I've got a few people lined up and we'll just find out whose diary allows. But Ben, you've been an absolute star. Thank you very, very much for your time today. And more importantly, thank you for watching, boys and girls, in this. There'll be a link uh, on the YouTube channel where you can download all these slides. I just ask that please, please, if you do want to use the slides, give uh, send me an email to Christopher at ChristopherWatkin.co.uk to ask permission uh, for them because uh, I, I just need to just, uh, just yeah, that, that's only fair, isn't it? But there you go. Uh, thank you for your time today and we'll see you next week with the next show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ben.